Namaskar and welcome everybody for today's session on the Kena Upanishad. We shall begin today's session with Vedic chants and then get on with the proceedings of the learnings of the Kena Upanishad. <clears throat> गणपति गुम हवामहे कविं कवीनामुपमश्रवस्तमं ज्येष्ठराजं ब्रह्मणां ब्रह्मणस्पतान श्रिन्वन्नूतिभिस्सीदसादनं महागणपतये नमः प्रणोदेवी सरस्वती वाजे भिरवाजिनीवती धीनाम वित्रवतु आनो दिवो बृहत पर्वतादा सरस्वतीय जता गंतु यज्ञम वाग्देव्य नम ओं हंस हंसा विमहे परम हंसा धीमह तो हंस प्रचोदयात ओं नमो हिण्यवाहवे हिण्यवर्णाय हिण्यूपा हिण्यपत अंबिकापत उमापत पशुपत नमो नम हृदगुम सत्यम परम ब्रह्म पुषं कृष्ण पिंगल ऊर्धरेत विक्षम विश्वूपा वै नमो नम ईशान सर्वद्यानाश्वरसूता ब्रह्मादिपतिर्ब्रह्मणोदिपतिर्ब्रह्म शिव मे अस्तु सदा शिव ओ सहनावत सहनौभुनक्त सह वीकवाहे तेजस्वीनावधीतमस्तुमाषावे ओ शांति 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 हरि ओ यंदसाषभो विश्व छंदोभ्योध्यमृतासंभूव समेन्द्रो मेधया स्पृणत अमृत देवधारणो भूयासम शरीर मे विचर्षण जिह्वा मे मधुमत्तमा कर्णाभ्यांभूरी विश्रुव ब्रह्मण कोशोसी मेधया पिहित मे गोपाय ओं शांति 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 हरि ओम केनोपनिषद प्रथम खंड द्वितीयाखंड केतति प्रेषित मन कण प्रथम प्रैथियुक्त केचमीमा वदंती चक्षुश्रोत्र कौदेव युनक्ति 
ಶ್ರೋತ್ರ ಮನಸೋ ಮನೋಯತ್ ವಾಚೋ ಹಾಚಂ ಸ ಉಪ್ರಾಣಸ್ಯ ಪ್ರಾಣ ಚಕ್ಷುರತಿಮುಚ್ಚಧೀರಾಸ್ಮಾಲೋಕಾದೃತಾ ನ ತತ್ರ ಚಕ್ಷುರ್ಗತಿ ನ ವಾಗ್ಗತಿ ನೋ ಮನ ನ ವಿಮೋ ನ ವಿಜಾನೀನೋ ಯಥೈತದನುಶಿಷ್ಯಾತ್ಯದೇವತ್ವಿತಾದೋ ಅವಿಧಿ ಶುಶ್ರುಮ ಪೂರ್ವೇಷಾಮ್ಯಾಚಕ್ಷಿರೇ ಯದ್ವಾಚಾನ್ಯುದಿತ್ಯುಧ್ಯತೆ ತದೇವ ಬ್ರಹ್ಮತ್ವಿಧಿಮುಪಾಸತೆ ಯನ್ಮನಸಾನುತೆಯೇನಾಹುರ್ಮನೋಮತ್ವಿಧಿಮುಪಾಸತೆ ಯಕ್ಷುಷಾನ ಚಕ್ಷುಂಶಿ ಪಶ್ಯತಿ ತದೇವ ಬ್ರಹ್ಮತ್ವಿಧಿಮುಪಾಸತೆ ಯೋತ್ರೇನ ನ ಶೃಣೋತಿ ಯೇನ ಶ್ರೋತ್ರಮಿದ್ರುತ ತದೇವ ಬ್ರಹ್ಮತ್ವಿಧಿಮುಪಾಸತೆ ಯತ್ಣೇನ ಯತ್ನ ಪ್ರಾಣಿತಿ ಯೇನ ಪ್ರಾಣ ಪ್ರಣೀಯತೆ ತದೇವ ಬ್ರಹ್ಮತ್ವಿಧಿಮುಪಾಸತೆ ಯದಿ ಮನ್ಯಸೆ ಸುವೇದೇತಿ ದ್ರಮೇವಾಪಿ ನೂನ ತ್ವೇತ ಬ್ರಹ್ಮಣೋ ರೂಪಂ ಯದಸ್ಯೇಶ್ವಥನು ಮೀಮಾಂಸ್ಯಮೇವ ತೇ ಮನ್ಯೇ ವಿಧಿತ ನಾಹಂ ಮನ್ಯೇ ಸುವೇದೇತಿ ನೋ ನ ವೇದೇತಿ ವೇದ ಚೋ ನಸ್ತೇದ ತೇದ ನೋ ನ ವೇದೇತಿ ವೇದ ಚ ಯಸ್ಯಾಮತಂತಸ್ಯಮತಂಮತಂಯಸ್ಯನವೇದಸಹಿಜ್ಞಾತಂಜಾನತಾಂಜಾನಮಿಜಾನತಾಂ ಚೇದಿಹಾವೇದೀನ್ಮಹತೀವಿನಷ್ಟಿಭೂತೇಷು ಭೂತೇಷುಚಿತ್ಯಧೀರಾಹೇತ್ಯಾಸ್ಮಾಲೋಕಾಮೃತಾಂಬ್ರಹ್ಮೋಪನಿಷದ್ರಹ್ಮ
and develop a sort of intuition that helps us to grasp even with the mind just grasp the idea of what it is to understand the nature of the atman the gita and the upanishads have said that the study of the atman and the understanding of that is the dahara vidya in the sense it's a secret knowledge not that it is not known but it is there deep inside us as the essence of our being and this inquiry this understanding comes not just as i said previously with intellectual knowledge but that of beyond it but first the upanishad says shrotavyo mantavyo and then nididhyasitavyo which is the atman is to be first heard of then to be understood krishna says in the gita there are many who hear about the atman and some people are with wonder they are they contemplate on is there such a possibility some people hear about it with wonder and then he says some people in spite of hearing cannot make any sense out of it such is the essence and that is why it is dahara why we can't make a sense out of it is because the mind is extrovert the mind is looking to objectify the entire world and there the mind can also make a mistake to objectify even the self and therefore the self becomes an object only of knowledge and never an object of self realization that is why the upanishads stress that you have to lead the life you have to abide in it nididhyasitavyo and this realization this understanding the upanishads say is not something that you can declare yasyamatam tasya matam matam yasyana vedasah so he who knows it really does not know it and he who does not yasya amatam tasya matam to him the knowledge is there for whom the idea is very clear that this is not an object of knowledge vigyatam avijanatam avigyatam vijanatam vigyanam avijanatam that the one who says that he understands understands it not knows it not and the one who says he does not know in the sense it's not in the realm of ignorance but is in the, it is in the realm of being and therefore it's not an object of knowledge and in that the answer is only silence silence is what the upanishads say where when the child went to the father after learning about brahma vidya that child simply smiled when the father said my child have you understood brahman this is the greatness of the study and even the realization of the nature of reality where eventually everything abides in silence now with this introduction we are going to go to to the third uh uh khanda and the the part of it which would be interesting to see how uh aurobindji tries to explain it to us uh please take notes and after the end of the session do make it a point to come up and discuss only things related to question and answers regarding this session simply because this session is out for replays which means there will be other people who will be referring it so we don't don't want any discussions we just want question and answers so that this replay is exclusively kept for the study of kenopanishad after this 
our very members will open an other room for discussion where you can openly come out and express yourself your realizations your understanding and everything you can come up and express it there and we will intimate you about that so with this i request arvind ji to begin today's session om thank you prasad thank you for the introduction and the chanting of the panishad <coughs> वेलकम ऑल ओम नमो ब्रह्मादिभ्यो ब्रह्म विद्या संप्रदाय कर्तृभ्यो वंश ऋषिभ्यो महद्यो नमो गुरुभ्य शंकर शंकराचार्य केशव बादरायण सूत्रभाषीकृत वंदे भगवत ईश्वरो गुरुरात्मेति मूर्तिद विभागिने व्योमवद्याप्तेहाय दक्षिणामूर्त नम as prasad has given the gist of uh, the first two cantos or khandas of the upanishad it is worthwhile to have a simhavalokana or a recap of what has been the crux of those two chapters or two khandas which is important in understanding the third and the fourth of the khandas of this upanishad because in the first two khandas it has been purely philosophical and highly what you call mystical words were ordinary mind will never be able to grasp it in the first sense when they are hearing it to be self contradictory or you know in a kiss form or in the method in which the explanation being given by the teacher to the student who asked what is the power or what is that with which i am functioning whether my eyes are functioning or my words are coming or my mind is being doing all breath which is working what is that source or what is that power within which me which makes me as a functioning unit to that the teacher has said that it is not possible to tell point and say this is that because it is an object it is not an object it is says it is the very subject in you which is the prime because of which everything works to show that he says that it is the eye of the eye ear of the ear mind of the mind breath of the breath etc and then after having said that he also makes sure that you know how the student can understand this or how do he proceed this in that when you say mind of the mind or the ear of the ear or the eye of the eye how the how can one understand that for that to make it that very clear the word the mantra which is the most important mantra of the kena upanishad is that pratibodha viditam matam amrutatvam hi vindate atmana vindate viryam vindya vindate amrutam so that is what the teacher has to tell how to achieve that with which you can know what is the knower of the knowing or knower of the all knowing year of the year or the eye of the eye mind of the mind and breath of the breath etc etc 
what does it mean by that prati bodham means bodham bodham prati i am repeating this for the purpose of that we should all understand that the importance of this mantra i may in in there is a saying in the shastra adhyayana that punarukti or repetition is waste full in the case of shastra because all people are learned shastrajnas who are listening and discussion but that is not the case when it comes to a, a a student and a taught so from that point of view the repetition nasakti asagrat upadesha is what the upanishad or the shastram says which means repetition and again and again is the only method in which one can understand it because there is always that layer of ignorance or layer of you know misunderstanding the three type of problems which are commonly found with our understanding is either we do not know the subject at all or we are we know something but we understand something else or we we have the total uh, you know mis no misapprehension of that knowledge so atnyana samshaya vipariya then we have a doubt also whether this is the way in which i should know so these three things need to be removed so when you say that shotasya shotram or the eye of the eye or the ear of the ear or the mind of the mind how can that real result in the, in the right knowledge for the student who is listening to that for that only this mantra is being told pratibodham pratibodham means every bodham or every experience whether it is of the eye of the ear of the or the smell taste touch or even the mind or the internal experiences which we have of thoughts feelings and emotions every moment of every experience pratibodham viditam matam amrutattvam kivindade that knowledge with which we are knowing in the experience with which we are knowing hidden in that experience is the immortality which is to be a vindade to be one by atmana vindade vidyam by looking it inward atmana means self here not the atman the introvertedness atmana vindade vidyam by looking inward we gain the strength to face the reality of what is my reality or what is my nature and vidyaya vindate amrutam that vindate is the winning of the immortality can happen only by vidya which is the knowledge what is vidya there here is that that knowledge which removes the ignorance in the three forms of atnyana samshaya vibhavya or non apprehension misapprehension and doubt these three are the problems of every understanding so vidya vindate amrutam one who has that correct method in which he understands removing all the three obstacles which can come in that he achieves the immortality or he knows that which are permanent eternal in all these experiences of ours the objects are changing the adjectives of the objects are changing the knower who knows the objects or the experience pratibodham when that happens the one who is experiencing he is permanent and the experiencing in that process the experiencer is permanent and the experiencing is changing as per the objects are changing so the object is changing the experience is changing 
but there is in the experiencing also there is that knowing aspect or the knowledge or vidya which comes that without any adulteration of the object or the knower the knower becomes knower only when there is something to be known so the knowership also will go when even you are purely moving your interrogation or the self interrogation or self introspection moves from the knower and the known to the knowing to the in all the three when the three is only a added nomenclature in the process of knowing of the pratibodham when that one there is the reality which is the thread which is available sutreya manigana iva is what the gita says like a thread which is connecting the knower and the known with the process of knowing the knower becomes knower only when there is knowing and the knowing changes because the object is changing but there is an unchanging reality which is amrutatvam or eternal in that pro- in the process of knowing we need to re- get into that aspect of knowing only when then we will know who we are and all the nomenclature or the names added as the knower or the hearer or the smeller or the taster or the minder all those things are adjectives which also because of certain inputs or the instruments with which we are using sense without that there is a reality which in which everything is happen that is what is to be in the day to be won over or to may be made of your own iha chedavedi atasatyam asti if you do not do this in this life because this life where we have the intellect we have the methodology of knowing the introspection only in this life or in this experience we can do so here iha can be taken as two things this very moment or in this life both the mean, meaning has got its own effect of it if it is a slow process then in this life but if he is a very shrewd and a person with the burning desire as if somebody with the hair burning runs to the water for quenching the river that type of a burning desire is there in, in a person to know iha means here here and now only so if you do not not do do that this in this very moment of your experience of listening to me my words or my voice if you don't analyze that or when you are listening to or when you are experiencing any object either internal or external in that this thread is always there if you do not get it in this moment mahati vinishti you are losing the big opportunity to know the truth of eternity or the immortality pratyasmad lokat amrata bhavanti one who knows that and removes the adjectives of the knower known and the knowing but the pure awareness in that he pratya having abandoned asmad lokat the three of the knower known and the knowing amrata bhavanti he remains in the eternal awareness and that is what is the upanishads wants it now in all these things we have the benevolent teacher as well as the shruti or the upanishad who very well know that these explanations can be grasped and understood and 
benefited by a handful of the listeners only. Most of the listeners have either not prepared themselves or have to prepare themselves for the introspection or the self-enquiry within oneself. And which the Upanishad is well aware of it. And the teacher who is also when explaining, he, know, he knows that all the students are of not the same nature. So for the students who have not been able to benefit this, the allegorical method of explaining the same thing so that the same thing is understood but in a, in a story form is what is the Upanishad is planning for the next two, next two sections of the Upanishad. Here, the pictorial background is like that. There was the fight between the good and the bad, the Asura and the Devas. You can either take it physical as a, you know, mythical story or a Puranic story, or you can see that within yourself, the, the, the personality has a clash always. Confusion or, you know, doubt as to which is the right method or what is the way to do. This is itself is called the, the fight between the right and the wrong or the Asura and Deva Shakti or the, the one which takes you to the right method and one which takes you away from the right method. So in this war of the two or the clash between the two, Deva, Asura, this thing, the Devas, the, the divine ones or the one which are in shining upon the experience, they get the victory over the, the one which is taking you away into sensual organs and sensual method of engagement and forgetting about who you are or what we are, what is the purpose of our life. So here a story is being made as a, a yaksha is the name which is given in the Upanishad he appears in the form of a resplendent object, apparent to be an object, but not known as an object. That is the beauty of the representation of the allegory. Its presence is known, but yet at the same time, it is not known what it is. Which shows that that reality which we are all searching for cannot be understood as an object. At the same time, nobody can deny the presence of it. And such an entity here, the word used for depicting is called Yaksha. Now Yaksha has got a different meaning in the, in the Sanskrit language. There are demigods like Kubera, etc., which are all subordinates to the Devas. They are also called Yaksha Kinkaras and the, there is a group of people there. Yaksha is also mean the resplendent one or the shining one, which is attractive also. It is not that the shining is so much that like a fire, you know, you are repulsed from that. It is that brightness with which people get attracted to it. So, Mangalam, Shobanam, Rupam, Mohamit, Mohamiti. That attraction toward that comes well because it is, it has got that brightness or the resplendent which is attractive in nature. So keeping that in mind, 
the devas who have won the war when they were rejoicing so and when they are rejoicing this episode is that the victory they thought it is because we are the one who won the war the individual devas you know like the names are given as vayu agni indra etc etc they are the devas who have won the war against the asuras with which is and in the puranas and the mythological story is that but never did they realize that what is that you know here chotasya shrotam manaso mano yat vachoha vachan sahu pranasya pranah so there the guru had told that what is that which which everything is working yet the devas the agni the vayu the prana indra they also never realized that what is that force with which they became successful against the negative aspects of you know uh, conflict so in this one the mantra starts with this the first mantra is that brahmaha devebhyo vijigye tasyaha brahmano vijaye deva ಅಮಹೀಯಂತಿಂಗ್ರಹ್ಮ it can be either taken as brahma the creator or brahma is the the source from which everything comes up tasya brahmano vijayah devah amahiyanda amahiyanda means they felt mighty that this victory is of their own not realizing it is the it is the brahman in them which is the one the war so they aikshanda they viewed it as, as asmagam eva vijaya they saw that it is my victory this is being brought asmagam eva vijaya asmagam eva mahima this this glory of victory is all for us in this episode or or in, in this verse the shruti wants to or the upanishads wants to bring in to our understanding that when we are studying the scriptural text even if you get a glimpse of victory or having feel that feel the feeling that yes i understand what the upanishad is saying that knowledge i know that yes you know there can be a false ego or ego of the one who learns thinking that it is my power you no know, i am the one who understood this, this thing that ego of i know the upanishad or i know how to explain it these type of an ego can set in in the individual and it is a forewarning by the upanishad saying that even though the victory is by that very power with which the mind is minding the eye is seeing the ear is hearing yet the student who thinks that he has understood the upanishad thinks he is the one who has understood the upanishad so this is one 
thing also with the Upanishads wants us to understand while into the story. In the second mantra, what it says is, Tat Yesham Vijajyam Tebhyoha Pradurbhava Tat Na Vyajanataha Kimidam Yakshamiti. When that happened, when the ego was rejoicing its victory of having conquered the, you know, the negative feelings or the negativity within ourselves, there appeared a resplendent yaksham, which cannot, pradurbhava, it appeared in front of them, but not divulging itself. The Brahman perceived the egoism of the gods. They, that Vayu, Agni, Indra, all of them were rejoicing, thinking that we have won over the Asuras and the, the victory is ours. And when that resplendent Yaksha or that figure with brightness and attraction appeared in front for without divulging what it is, they did not know what that, what that entity was. They thought that something other than them has appeared in front of them. Really speaking, it is that power with which the entire awareness itself becomes awareness. When it appears, there are no words or no description possible. Yet, it is not an object to be grasped by our sense organs. To show that, the Upanishad says that they did not know what that entity was, that Yaksham Kimati. What is that Yaksha is all about? Here is a psychologically very subtle intention given by the universe in the Upanishad is that you may come across in your introspection or even your in your dhyana or in your samadhi or even in your self-enquiry, you may come face to face with the reality, but you will not know what it is. Because there is that individual ego within all of us when we are doing that activity that I am the one who is doing it. I am the one who is studying the Upanishads. I am the one who is doing the meditation. I am the one who is doing the japa. I am the one who is using the etnya or pranayama. Whatever may be the action it is that. That ego of doership in us will prevent knowing that reality of the entity which even though we may come across, pradibodhaviditam. In that also, it is there, but we will not see it because of our individual ego which is there in us. So the Upanishad is bringing this story form to know us that what is the problem in understanding the Pradipoda Vididam when it is saying that. That is explained here in this text. Then the Devas call among them Te Agnim Abravan Jataveta Yetad Vijanihi Kimidam Yaksham Iti Tata iti. He Jataveda. Jataveda is the name for the Agni Deva. What does Jataveda means? Yasmad Veda Jata. 
from which all the knowledge has come or the fire the depicting the the no fire of knowledge which can shine anything and everything even in the darkness darkness is lit by the awareness of knowledge of the darkness you don't need a light to know what is darkness even darkness is known by the knowledge the fire of the knowledge same way the entirety of the ignorance that i do not know vititam avititam there are two things vidititat ato avititat ati is the upanishad said there are a set of things which are known a set of things which are unknown both known and unknown are are shown by the fire of knowledge the knowledge says these are things which are known this the knowledge is the one which segregates between things which are known and which are not unknown but vidititat ato avititat ati there is something beyond that known and unknown but that knowledge is not willing to accept there is something beyond it so he says that i have i know things which are there i know things which are not there so both known unknown things are within my knowledge so the devas tell the agni e jadaveta edad vijanihi you go and know what is the kimidam yakshamidi what is the yaksha which is the resplendent one which is standing there and you know attract be being being attracted you to us that we yet we do not know you are the one supposed to be knowing both the known and the unknown how can there be something which is unknown to you you are the knowledge of everything why don't you go and find out tatayiti so the agni or the knowledge agni in the form of agni says yes i can do that so confident and so egotistic it was that that knowledge is become in then you know it is become such a uh, what you call boost for his ego and it rushes tat abhyadravat abhyadravat means rushed tat abhyadravat tam abhyavatat kaha asmi iti agni va aham asmi iti abravita jataveta va aham asmi iti see i i i when we are saying i i in all our statements that unknowingly the i the individual ego we it may not be a ego in the sense we feel the others may feel it but unknowingly there is that entity of the self which is in the form of an ego is predicting is predicting and drive, driving us to different methodologies so having rushed towards the yaksha which is resplendent and attracting one then the yaksha asks hello you have come rushing towards me who are you kaha saha tam abravit kaha who are you it asked agni iti asmi i am the fire aham asmi iti abravit jadaveta he the fire said that i am jadaveta also known as agni i am i am the agni with this with which everything is in it then the immediately the yaksha <coughs> with all the, you know the purpose of his presence he knows that brahman knows what the purpose he has come for so he wants to put his ego in place 
of the knowledge or the the agni tasmin toi kim viryamiti okay you are agni you are jadaveda oh okay okay what is the valor or what is the power with which you call yourself jadaveda or agni so the agni says abhi idam sarvam deheyam yajitam prativyam iti i have the power to burn down everything in this world or engulf everything or make everything my own the deheyam in, in literal sense means to burn it down but a knowledge when it is burning down means knowledge engulfs everything so the agni says that i have that powerful knowledge of fire or fire of knowledge which encompasses or which can engulf everything both known and unknown viditam and aviditam is within my realm so where there can can there be anything outside me so i am the all powerful agni this in this prithvi we should not mean just the world alone that is talking about the whole entire creation itself iti vyamiti so in that is the case yaksha says oh tasmai trinam nidadau edat ihaiti tatu upapreyaya sarvajavena tadna shashaka dagdum satata eva nivrutte na etat ashakam vijnatum yat etat yakshamiti then tasmai trinam nidadau edat ihaiti okay then the yaksha places one straw in front of the fire you say you can engulf and you can burn and burn to ashes anything and everything okay here i am placing in front of you one straw one dry grass please show me that you can burn it tat upapreya sarvajavena tat sachakam dagtum na chakar sachakam sachakam the fire tried its all the might with all the force and fury approached that small straw which is gray dry grass straw which is lying there nothing seems to have happened to it and agni was not able to burn it or touch it even engulf it or do anything and it understood that there are still which is between beyond my capacity it it returns back to the gods and tells that i do not know what that is yaksha is he put me a straw and with all my fury and fire i went and tried to burn it down but it was not even moving an inch or nothing seems to have happened to that dry grass there this entity whom we are trying to find out is not an ordinary entity it is something bigger than what we can think or uh, i don't know what it is at all it is not within it is fititat ado avititatati it is both known and unknown it is beyond that so agni accepts the defeat and stays back so the devas think that you know we, we should not just leave like that atha vayum abravan vayave tadvijanihi kim etat yakshamiti tadaiti o vayu 
vayavay you go and vijani hi you go and find out who is this yaksha so vayu says yes tada let me let me go the vayu with with full force even he also like that tad abhyadravat sam abhyadravat kosmi idi vayurva ahamasmi idi abravit madarishwa va ahamasmi idi now here the vayu like the agni rushes towards that yaksha and in front of the yaksha when it comes the yaksha asks who are you what is your valor or what is your strength so vayu says my i am the i am the god of vayu the vayu is not air here even though in uh, there is a meaning for vayu as air here the word he uses is madarishwa is a just jataveda was another word used for agni another word which is used for the vayu here is madarishwa madari means in space shwa means that moves everything that moves in the space is due to my power that is my valor it says the yaksha so the entire space i am the one which can move everything in the space let it be a straw what you show to agni or let it be the entire uh, you know stars planets sun moon etc everything it is my valor with which everything is moving so i am the one the one which is more powerful than that you think that you can show me this is the ego with which that why you went same thing happened to what agni had did that tasmin tvai kim viryam iti apidyam sarvam adayati yaditam prativyam that is what why you said in this entire matrisha matari in the entire atmosphere i can move anything and everyone that is the force with which i have i can the potter or it is my force which with the planets are moving the sun is moving the stars are moving that air is moving the water is moving every every moment so here one is that in the previous example the knowledge is is depicted in the form of agni here all the physical activities which we can think of of karma jnana karma these two aspects are brought by these two examples of agni and vayu and any action which we think we can do by our own power tasmai trinam nidadaya nidadau etat adityatva iti tadupatreya sarva vajjavena tatna shashaka adatu sa tata eva nivrutte na etat ashakam vijnatum yat etat yakshamiti like the case of agni which is a knowledge he could not understand what is that straw the karmas or the vayu which can move everything or in representing all the activity or the actions in the universe or in the entire life it also could not move an inch the straw which is given there and it was it is his ego also got hurt and it was put in place by that 
activity of the yaksha which is brahman in the form of an yaksha which has come faced with defeat even the activities or the vayu which is representing all the activities or the all the actions return back to the gods and says that i could not do anything the yaksha the kept a blade of blade of grass which could not be moved he says i do not know i could not find out who the yaksha is like what he did for the agni he also kept me for a trinam or the grass blade of grass and i could not do anything i can move the sun the moon the star the moon everything all the activities can be done by me but i could not move an inch or an you know even even make the grass wave in within my within my my power that is the defeat with which i have come back then ada ata indram abravan maghavan etat vijanihi kim etat yakshamiti tata iti etat abhyadravat tasmat tirodate now indram here indran normally indra is that aspect of the controller of both jnanendriya and karmendriya or here it is representing the jivatma the the individualized entity here the jivatma or atma is also known in the because indra has got yeah, i say alternate name for atma in the vedas so here shankarabhashya says that indram should be taken as the jivatma the controller of both knowledge and action or the that angushta matra purusha which was told in the katopanishad or what we thought that one which is in is residing in the body or the individual the individuality not the ego the individuality the sakshi or the atma which we is thinking is the one which is having the total power of that he was requested by the devas a magavan etat vijanihi now we all are the you are the king of all of us all the devas why don't you go and find out who it is that kim etat yakshamiti tata iti he says okay now since on both are the, the strongest two of warriors of mine both agni and vayu has returned failed and their egos have been subdued let me go and find out so here is the beauty of it when we know that our knowledge has limitation to know and the activities are not resulting in what we are looking for our own reality the individual discards its own ego because he has seen it is happening in the case of both the karmendriyas and the jnanendriyas or the action or sense organs of sense knowledge and organs of action so the individual without the individual ego so that is words are very clear that the the jivatma without the ahankara is what is represented by the indram here and when it reaches in front of the yaksha yaksha vanishes this indicates 
another reality to all of us that when we remove our ego and when we are in our pure nature of that atma which is unadulterated with anything else when it is in front of the paramatma the paramatma is not separate so you cannot see something separate so that yaksha which was splendor and appearing as separate as long as you are the ego vanishes because that is nothing other than our own true nature of atma so when the when the indra reached there the yaksha has vanished and there was nothing there satasmin eva aakashe kriyam ajagama bahushobamanam umam haivatim tam bhovaja kim edat yakshamiti in that place where this yaksha was present which was not able to identify by the agni nor by the vayu when indra when the indra when the indra reached there the atma jivatma without the ego when it reached there the paramatma did not show up it it didn't it it, it didn't vanish it was not there to be seen tasmin eva akash in that place striyam ajagama a form of a female bahushobamanam with the equal splendor of the yaksha l s3 form or f in the form of umam haimavati haimavati can be has the two meaning one is decorated with all bright jewelries is haimavati or himavan the ardhangini of himavan or the maheshwara umam by by name umam ta tuhim ta hova jakim etat yakshamiti so the indra the or the individual atma as the form of the devi now here is another aspect of the esoteric or the philosophical meaning which we should bring in paramatma cannot be objectified even with the individual atma cannot have the parama aham brahmasmi it's all statement is fine as far as an experience is concerned but it is not words can explain it yatovacho nivartande aprapya manasasah so that is the situation of that but tatra bahushobamanam humam haivatim ajagama prakriti or the form of creation the creativity or the that shakti of the parameshwara or the brahman with which we can interact that appeared there and it she is being depicted as a tree because maya not apart from the ishvara is the one with which we as long as we are alive we can interact only with the maya knowing maya as not separate from the ishvara when we know in the maya 
how do we interact without ego then only we can have a conversation with the maya or the the illusory power of the creation till such time we will not be able to communicate with the illusory nature of the creation of the whole experiences to debit that it is given in the form of a uma haimavatim bahushobamanam striyam ajagama in the form of a lady and ta hovacha kim etat ekshamati dar the indra asta uma bhagavati devim who was that yaksha this question when when it was asked to uma bhagavati she will start now giving the answer from the next chapter onwards that is where the upanishad explains the methodology other than intellectual inquiry how one can know the reality is being explained and it is covered in the next chapter which we will take up in the next uh, day that is on coming on friday and there is there also it is highly esoterical and lot of double meanings literally if you can look at it it will look like a very beautiful story why you indra agni when why you when the, the grass was not able to move and everything but there is the methodology with which all these stories are being built because by the time of writing mahabharata vyasa has said that purana itihasabhyam it is only through purana and itihasa veda can be taught for two people who are not able to understand the highly philosophical knowledge in the vedas so the veda itself takes the shape of purana and itihasa comes as stories we have to take the take away from these stories as the reality or the method in which we should understand but those stories will help us to remember how to revisit that for our mananam and nididhyasam this is the beauty of the stories in the upanishad and vedas and itihasa with that i stop today om purnamada purnamidam purnat purnamudachyate purnasya purnamadaya पूर्णमेवशिष्यते ओ शाति 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 हरि श्रीगुरुभ्यो नम हरि धन्यवाद नमस्कार थैंक यू थैंक यू अरविंद जी फॉर द वंडरफुल सेशन आई थिंक टुडे उपनिषद has got a beautiful story for all of us so that we can understand the very the nature of brahman that was beautiful uh, the very intention of upanishad here uh, introducing the story of uh, brahman is to teach us to know who is brahman exactly uh, because we see the manifestation we see the power obviously a question will arise what is the source of this power ultimately it is 
nothing but the brahman only brahman is the source of all power that exists in this world the same truth is depicted through the beautiful story here it's wonderful arbindo ji clearly explained everything i think uh, we may have a you know, little confusions while reading these things arbindo actually uh, explained because uh, the people who read veda will come across the names of indra vayu and agni are the names of parabrahman itself the brahman itself because the very rigveda starts with agni mele purohitam yadyasya deva martujam it start with agni only and wherever you find the name of that indra in samhita portion it is nothing but the parabrahman only here the indra is depicted differently as a jivatman as arbindo ji explained it because there is a vayu the even the vayu in other upanishads is a consider pradhan vayu or mukhya prana it is a name given to parabrahman also and mukhya prana also chaturmukha brahma also the names in the vedic lore actually used in different sense even the very word the atma is used in so many different layers actually even the atma is a body also they referred it as an atma jivatman is also referred as an atma parmatman is also referred as an atma parabrahman is also referred as an atma so based on the context based on the circumstances we should understand actual connotation of that particular the mantra or the passage is conveying uh, that is very very important arbindo ji told a very important uh, principle at the fag end of his lecture today purana itihasa these things are okay upabrahmitam with the vedic knowledge itself because the very intention or the very purpose of creating the mahabharata and purana is to explain the vedic message only so here in puranas and itihasa we have so many stories related to vayu we have so many stories related to indra and all while reading samhita portion of the veda and while reading this purana and mahabharata we will have to see uh, and understand where and how in what sense these terms have been used the characters have been you know retold then we will not be having con- any confusion because even for the vedas also there are various layers of meaning when we read the rigveda the very first mantra agni mele purohitam there the agni in a simple you can take it in the first sense is a physical fire only that is the very first uh, level then you may take it is in adi bhautika level the first one is adi bhautika level and the second one is you can take it in the form of adi daivika there are the uh, gods or semi gods level then even you can sometimes take it as an historical uh, angle also then the adnika level also and then the spiritual level also how the same word agni is the name of a physical object like fire and a devata and the paramatma 
and the Atman, at a various level we need to understand that. By that method we will be able to understand and get the only uh, single message out of Purana, single message out of Mahabharata and Upanishads and Veda. That is a beautiful exercise actually. Uh, today's story, it was really wonderful and it helps us to understand these things in a better manner. Thank you, Arvidyaji. Thank you very much. And whoever has the question pertaining to these things today, may ask questions and Arvidyaji will uh, answer uh, or give clarifications on the same. Thank you once again, sir. Rajji, please open the room for question, handwriting option. Okay, sir. Um, just wanted to say once again, thank you very much, Obonji, for showing up and spending your time to impart this very valuable information to us. You are very much appreciated every day. You stay in our thoughts and our minds. Um, Obonji, I've, um, I've heard this story initially in my journey. I came across it, but I just want to, you know, I'm very happy because today I understood it. Um, I was listening to it on YouTube and I really couldn't understand it by the time I got to the end of it. But that was way at the beginning of my journey, you know, early days reading Bhagavad Gita. And today I, I understood the story, you know, um, the only difference here. I don't know if it's a different version I was listening to, but the version that I was listening to, all the four elements, you know, earth, fire, wind, water, they all went to meet the Brahman and got defeated before Indra went. I don't know if it's, I got it confused, confused, but, um, in this version I heard it was only two of the elements that I think went. If you can shed some light on that. There is a similar story in one, another Upanishad. Which, which is what you are referring to. Okay. And there, and there the story is also that in the, that, you know, each of the, each of the indriyas or each of the organs goes and then finally mind, our mind also goes to try to find and uh, that it, there is a similar story in one, another Upanishad. Okay. So that is the one I, I think I, um, came across, but I didn't understand it. But this one, made me understand what I was, you know, um, the information I was given that time. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, yes. Many, many, many such stories are there in Upanishads and Puranas. Because when you refer it as Vayu here, there are 49 different Vayu Devatas, including Urpana, Apana, Udana, and all those things, and uh, Pradhana Vayu. Arvinduji is told that this is particularly referred to as a Marut. Okay. Uh, there are different uh, values. There are 49 in number. Like that, it applies to all. When you call a Surya, there are, you know, 12 Adityas. Among them, uh, the third one is referred to as a Surya. Like that, there are so many different, uh, you know, deities will be there. Welcome, Ganesh Prasad. Uh, namaste. Namaste Pranam Arvinduji. Pranam. I have one uh, question. It's not a question. It's uh, um, I may be uh, right in my understanding. I just want a clarification. Uh, you said 
ultimately it takes the form of a female that yaksha the uh, splendoring uh, picture of a female it is maya isn't it sir so is maya becomes or does maya become mata once it is getting rid of both the karmendriyas and the gnanendriyas which are the source of our egotistic attitude or egotistic entity of an individual self does maya become mata which is the shakti okay there is a very wrong picture depicted as a culprit for maya that avidya maya all is a cause for the you know sufferings in the world this is for the early students to understand that you know that maya which is being talked about is the delusion or mistaken identities then what maya it is depicted here is mahamaya or the shakti chit the you know shiva shakti there are, if you look at it in that form that shiva and shakti are not too different it is the it is one is the kind if you potentiality yes right it it see the why we are saying maya is the one which is explaining is that because the individual ego the both the knowledge of actions of knowledge and i mean organs of knowledge and organs of action all these are part of creation which is part of the product of maya and as bartrihari has said asatye varpani tittva adasatyam samihade you need to know what is untruth to understand what is truth mm. therefore we need we can cross over as long as we are in the physical body and experiences are through the physical body the physical body and the world of experiences which is there outside the entirety is in the control of maya that pure awareness the satchidanandam or satyajnanam anandam brahma has no kriya no kriya no action nothing is there it's just its presence tasya what you call prasadena eva or tasya you know in the, the very just being there as that splendid awareness or existence in that only things can come up and when things are appearing in it that appearing happens due to maya 
that power of experience can happen only in the maya otherwise there is no experience also when there is nothing other than awareness can there be awareness no it can be only being just be but the moment awareness appears there need to be a movement in the existence in the form of awareness and that force with which the movement happens we can call it as shakti or maya so here the umam haivati devi which is being depicted in the story is to sh- i tell that only using what is available with the ourselves which is the product of maya we can cross over maya thank you thank you arbindo ji a bit tricky uh, but uh, we could feel the glimpse of it uh, you mean to say uh, with awareness itself the maya commences and that is the entity of maya in all the individual self is awareness and through that awareness only that maya could be could be overcome isn't it sir yes that when they said that ubhinishad said that pratibodha viditam that bodham and pratibodham happens only in the maya otherwise this shuddha chitta chaita shuddha chaitanya or shuddha chitta there is nothing happening is it the same thing the what they say shuddha sattva pradhana maya sattva pradhana maya is the that shakti of chaitanya from where the ex, awareness or experiences appear like for example we we cannot mentally we cannot grasp that ganesh ji because it is beyond the mind yato vacho nivartante aprapya manasasa but we can use the stories or the experience of ourselves in the deep sleep we have no awareness that is the state of existence without awareness but the moment awareness comes we are either in dream or waking state what causes you to wake up from the deep sleep we do not know why do we wake up from deep sleep so there is something which is making us wake up from the deep sleep we call it as vasana avidya or maya at different levels hmm so only we can you know within our mind we can only extrapolate from personal experience of deep sleep to what causes the waking up 
must be the same thing which is happening in the cosmos or in the whole worlds of experiences. When the knower, knowledge and knowing is not there, there is no need of maya, no need of avidya, no need of knowing also. Why should there be an awareness there? It is in pure existence. But the moment the pulsation happens, the, ch- the spandanam, with the Mandukya says, the Turiya spandanam meva jagat. That is what that spandanam, the cause for the pandanam is called Maya. It cannot be different from that existence because it, there, is, there was nothing other than that to come and they, um, give a pulsation to it. No, When your muscles twitch, does somebody come and come and twitch your muscles or the muscles twitch by themselves? Something similar. So the spandanam itself is existence. Spandanam is existence. In existence the spandanam happens. That is the time when the, we say that it is the spandanam cause for spandanam is maya. Whoa. And because of the spandanam the mind comes up. The cosmic mind and the individual mind. In the cosmic mind, the world comes up. In the individual mind, the I-ness comes up. Oh my God. It is certainly Mahamaya. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you, Arvindraji. For thank giving you. us thank at you. least a, a cognitive picture of all these explanations, which otherwise we would have I am used to only listening to people like great souls like you. I haven't read anything. But I, I used to conjecture all the time. It's wonderful to have a satisfying explanation for this. Wonderful. Thank you. Pranams to you, sir. Thank you. Arvindji, Pranam. Uh, my interpretation is that uh, the beingness remains beingness. But when the ego has thought that I did something or I am responsible for this or I am something, that's some doubt, some type of knowledge. And the knowledge which has to cancel this first knowledge then appears automatically and then the kind of incidents which are given, they happen as naturally as a ball would like, you know, you know, reflect uh, when you, you drop the ball on the ground, it will again go up. As naturally as that, the same thing happens. Meaning, the events which happen are as automatic, you know. They they kind of have to happen because the wrong knowledge itself gives rise to those events which will correct themselves. So it's a self-correcting system, you can say. You know, so nothing wrong can really remain wrong for a long time. The self-correcting system automatically comes into play and then corrects it. And the beingness simply exists and awareness simply is aware of all these things happening. Am I right in looking at it this way? That is, that aspect which you said is a phenomenon of the waking. But what I said is the totality of it. What is the cause with which you wake up from your deep sleep? No, I understand. What I, I was kind of referring to the Vedic story which uh, we heard, right? That, you know, the Yaksha comes and uh, 
you know he presents himself before the three gods and all that i was referring to that extra coming is itself an arising in awareness right how to look at it because you cannot say brahman became an individual for this because brahman is like you know it's an ultimate state of existence so whether the brahman is aware of everything and therefore taking individuality uh, like taking some steps to this thing or exactly what do you think is happening i was trying to answer that type of that question okay, okay. that question doesn't arise because the story with the upanishads want to tell is not why the eksha came up what happens when you have an ego in your process of the upanishadic study both the knowledge those who are following the path of knowledge and those who are following the path of action develops that it is their activity in the knowledge or knowing or the knowledge the activity of the action like in the yatna dana tapak karma all of those active physical activities doing things they get into a state of egoism saying that you know my this one is resulting in me in my knowledge and i am now a knower of atman or i know the reality now that type of an ego when it comes in that is the time when the the unknown props up even in for them okay you think now you know everything okay now tell me what i am i am the unknown that to depict that story is what the particular story's purpose not to uh, say that you know the the negative one will keep cancelling one another and then ultimately no, truth only can survive <laughs> Uh, no i agree the purpose of the story is just to depict uh, the nature of the awareness or whatever so uh, that from that point of view i agree but uh, i am also curious because the story is given like that and therefore i am curious whether we can draw more from it yeah nothing wrong if if you can if you can, if you think that there is a there is added knowledge which you can take because that is the beauty of upanishads no in fact even though i have read five versions of this upanishad the the explanation which came while i am doing it is more a self divulging knowledge to me by my own introspection it is not there in any of the books which i have read in fact uh, patrick was asking me which book i am reading it is not there in that because some of them are traditional some of them are modern but i had assimilated all the five of various versions and then felt you know the apply, applying that to my own uh, my own experience i have come up with this explanations which i am saying if you may not find it in any book in fact for the benefit of all who are here and listening i am only giving a glimpse to the the depth of you know, you know how deep each upanishad can be and what you really need to study you can get much more i am only you know showing opening the window curtain and showing to the look at the world outside how vast it is but it is each one of you to have to take your own journey into the upanishad to have your own meaning for it what i am telling is only for for the general purpose 
and i'm not not taking a class on upanishad i'm just giving a glimpse of that depth of upanishad which can be understood by seeing that so the explanations the good and bad of that is my own i don't have to i am i don't i'm not charging those on anyone but it is my own personal introspection which is what i've been explaining from my point of view i think uh, i can uh, uh, see the similarity uh, rather what you told sir uh, like it is just like the exploration of a raga in classical music ultimately it is the way that uh, the teacher or the master shows finally catching hold of the uh, scales in the musical system it is an individual's explorative energy that can go into the depths of the raga and finally it is his or her own experience finally uh, that is what upanishads are the pointer to the pointed and uh, the path is to be set by the individual and i can feel when you were explaining that most of the things are i we could feel really we could feel that it is coming from your soul otherwise such explanations cannot come i can feel it sir thank you yes sibhanishi you are right that manodharma and when you have the manodharma the raga speaks to you it may be traditionally set with that arohanam avarohanam or the up and down the movement of the notes but then the raga comes alive when you are one with the raga that is what you may even may you may even slightly make some modulation to that raga but that will be purely your own yes sir yes sir thank you thank you very much Namaste Karan namaste Srinivas Namaste Arvind ji very nice session thank you yeah it was unique i heard this story multiple times but here uh, you put it in a very unique way and i loved the fact that uh, you called it brahman the yaksha yaksha and uh, multiple times you used the word brahman in that context i liked it yeah thanks So next Friday there are five more, five or seven more mantras in this Upanishad. With that, we'll be completing this. The Friday thing will be more on on the meditation and methodologies on on this. What further expanded on the same stories as a follow up. With that, I think we should be able to complete this Upanishad. Yeah, and also one benefit I got is. the this part of the upanishad is again tongue twister kind of thing and uh, your rendition also made made me understand it better so next time when i'm listening uh, that was very helpful actually we are really looking forward to that friday sir because those are the essence of this upanishad i believe
after Maya reveals how to move towards her for all the yes. Yes. Right. I have a question, Arbonji. So, in your, I, you know, towards the end where Indra goes to meet with Brahman, um, it seemed like, from what you said, the the ahankara had to be dropped 100% before that was possible. Um, if that is correct, um, that applies to us as well. Um, what are the most effective ways to, you know, be able to achieve that? See, when we know that I, I would put it this way. Okay, let me start with the other side. We identify ourselves as physical beings with the sensory and the, you know, functions of action as what we are. We have sensation, we are actions. With that, we develop a sense of ego saying that I am this, I am that, I can, my potential is that, my possession is so much or my capability is so much. All these build up a creation of an individuality or an ego. You may not depict the selfishness or the egoic actions outside, yet that ego that I am an individual existing separate from the world outside is the final ego which becomes as a barrier. Are we an island in itself can be called that I am a entity independent of the world I can survive. When that knowledge arises in us that I am part and parcel of the world or the nature like the grain on the seashore to the grass on the field to the the mosquito in the sky in the in the air or anything and everything, if you say, I am also like that one entity in this nature. How can I be having an ego of my own to be separate from the world, to feel myself separated out of the existence? When that part of the ego gets dropped, that is the time when you are face to face with your own true nature. Until such time you are you are... You're wearing that individuality as your grab or your, you know, identity with which we want to separate out from the world. That is the one which we need to drop. That is the dropping of the ego, what will really mean it. You may be a philanthropist, you may be doing all those things. You may do the best of the service to the world, thinking that I am doing the service to the world. But that I amness even still appears. I am there to serve the world. Are you separate from the world to say that I am serving the world? It cannot exist. You are you are not that separate from the world. You need the world as much as the world needs you. Then how can you be separate from the world and world be separate from you? This analysis of our own essence of our reality, when it completely engulfs us 
and cleans us from the ego of separation from the world that is the time when we are as i used to say stark naked in front of our own reality our own the 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 source from which we felt that separatedness that separatedness goes and the water the drop the raindrop when falling into the sea doesn't have a separatedness something similar will happen and that time can the water the drop of raindrop can see the ocean separate that is what happened to indra when it was in front of the yaksha but to explain this what are the things required the upanishad brings the form of a devi who will tell what is need to be done in the friday session we will see that actually that is also a creation for explaining what is to be done thank you very much so in the next session it will all you know unfold as well it will unfold and it will give the ways with which we can do that because in the previous chapter it said pratibodha viditam madam amrutatvam hivindade you have that that yaksha in every experience of ours every momentary experience of ours we are not able to see the yaksha in our experiences we are seeing the experiencing and the object of experiencing and i am separating out as something different from the object and the experiencing therefore i am not seeing the yaksha which is the reason which these things are happening thank you very much thank you thank you arubanduji welcome see revati has asked a question in the back channel namaste sir at some places the maya is described as an avarna to our consciousness so we know maya as obstacle i hope yes revati this is what i explained that the the separation from the world is the avarna or the 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 dress or the covering which we maintain to separate as an individuality from the world we are not we are the world we are part of the world we are as much as every cog in the wheel or like any drop of water in an ocean we are also part of it but what keeps us thinking that i am separate and the world is separate from me is that avarna or what you said but we call it as maya in some of the cases technically their words are used by different upanishad or the you know uh, the pragrada grandas or especially panjadeshi and vivek uh, chutamni etc are using different methodologies or explaining that but basically all of them want you to understand that the separatedness with which we protect ourselves or keep individuality of ours is the avarna or the maya or the ignorance or the avidya that is the one which we need to drop thank you everyone thank you abonji